Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No the following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Hello and welcome to another Soccer to the Max, as we are very close, or getting closer at least, to the start of the MLS season. Uh, NWSL will be starting shortly after that. And, hey, these uh, signings and signings away from teams are happening uh, rather quickly, and these rosters are starting to fill out. You have NWSL still making big moves. It seems like every day there's some big move happening on one of the teams, and we have uh, plenty to talk about there. LAFC makes a very interesting TV deal, and it could work out for them or it may not work out for them at all. And there's lawsuits du jour for U.S. soccer. My God. The U.S. soccer elections are happening on Saturday, and they cannot escape lawsuits. So we get to talk about that again. So, uh, I, of course, am your host, Sean Garmer, and here with me, as always, Mr. Eric Watkins. After the night that I've had, not even Ben nor Don can put me in a bad mood. That's certainly saying something, because usually it doesn't take much of Don or Ben to get uh, Eric riled up. And, of course, we could not be doing this show without the lovely and talented Rachel McCrigger. But could Brian Schmetzer make you mad? Because he's starting to make me mad. Hmm. I'm going to chalk that up as a maybe for right now. Could happen. Could happen. So, why not? Let's start with NWSL. And the move that's like the worst kept secret in all of NWSL has finally happened now. Sid LaRue. Never plays at all for the Utah Royals, and it moves on to the Orlando Pride as expected. NWSL Utah Royals get a 2019 NWSL draft pick. LaRue's 27. Uh, you know, she didn't play a few years ago because of being pregnant. Last year, she didn't do a whole heck of a lot for Kansas City. And that Orlando team stacked. I mean... Where do you see her kind of fitting in, Rachel? It It's tough because you're right. She really hasn't done much, but I think her name is what's going to get her playing time. And the fact that 
at one point in time, Tom Sermani used to coach the U.S. women's national team. So he knows Sydney LaRue. He knows her very well. And from what I know, she's in his good graces. But I think when you see her and you put her up against the Brazilians, you know, you're not sending Marta to the bench. Camilla's going to be coming back from her injury. You're not sending her to the bench. There's Monica. And now they just acquired Pollyanna today from the Houston Dash. I would put any of those four Brazilians up over her. Now, granted, she works very well with Alex Morgan. So it's going to be an interesting preseason to see what Tom Sermani does with her. I mean, this is your, you know, let's add in the Pollyanna move as well. Eric, I mean, if Orlando isn't the top team, in NWSL when this whole season's over. I don't know what's going on. If they're not odds-on favorite to win the title, then I need to find a way to procure the proper amount of money to make them the odds-on favorite. Not sure how I'm going to do that, but I'll find a way. It's just crazy. I feel like they've been making so many moves uh, this offseason. It's just like... This team was already pretty stacked coming in uh, from last season, and now they have just bolstered that roster. Talk about becoming very, very uh, heavy favorites and just talented everywhere. So, and uh, that's they, not that's not the only deal they've made. They've also gotten Shalina Zadorsky, Christine Nairn, Carson Pickett, and Haley Kottmeyer. I mean, that, those are big names there, too. It, it still amazes me that they got Haley Kottmeyer because she's going to be a backup to Ashlyn Harris. Uh, personally, I r- would have rather have kept Audrey Bledsoe over getting Haley Kottmeyer, but that's another rant for another day. But this is why Tom Sermani, during the Boston Breakers dispersal draft, elected to not pick up any players because he, he knows what he's doing. Where was he going to put them? <laughs> that's the question I mean uh, I I actually forgot about putting that on the docket here Rachel I, I remember when the draft was going on you had some several thoughts about certain players going certain places I don't know if you remember a lot of it offhand but well I certainly remember being a little upset and just to all the other nine NWSL teams did you not watch the same Boston Breakers that I watched in 2017? Granted, they didn't make the playoffs. Right. I get that. But their best player of the year was absolutely, and she was even named MVP by her teammates, by the fans, everyone in the Boston organization, Angela Salem. And she goes 15th to the Portland Thorns, my least favorite team. And she's my favorite player right now so that kind of hurt i can't believe that adriana leon dropped so far as well but i mean look at what the washington spirit did they got rose lavelle you put her ashley hatch mallory Pugh, and andy sullivan washington and orlando are going to be your teams to watch this year and i'd even throw in the utah royals as well just to see what they're doing because this is a team that now has Laura Harvey as head coach. But I just, 
oh my gosh, you have, it's like with Orlando, you have a team of stacked veterans. And with the Washington Spirit, you have a stacked team, but of youngsters. Because Hatch, Pugh, and kind of Lavelle, because Lavelle didn't really play much in 2017. Right, She's not a rookie anymore. She's technically a second-year player, but, you know, not getting any playing time because of injuries doesn't help. Those are second-year players. And then Andy Sullivan's a first-year player. That's a really, really young team. And Jim Gabara is a coach that really isn't used to that. He's used to having older players. Yeah, but I think the talent's going to speak for itself, right? Like, you know, seeing them with the uh, women's national team, all that, you know where they're going to play, where their best positions are. It's getting them to gel on the pitch, which sometimes that takes some uh, doing. It may not come off right at the bat, but I bet by midseason we're going to see them gelling, and they will be one of those top teams, but... And there's yeah, a spot yeah. for everyone. I mean, it's not like it's not like if Mallory Pugh plays and Ashley Hatch goes to the bench. No, put those right. two together. There's your attack. And then Andy Sullivan and Rose Lavelle in the midfield. If that team can stay healthy, they're gonna have they're gonna cause some trouble. It's just they need what Jim Gabar needs to do, and I think he, and I think he's done that through the draft and through the um, dispersal draft is. Focus on your defenders because that's where the problem was. I was really surprised with their other pick that they didn't um, take Megan Oyster, who used to play for them. That that amazed me. The fact that she went to Seattle, but it just man, what that was that was crazy. It was wild. I couldn't believe it. It just they took uh, with their other pick. I think it was oh yeah Elizabeth Wenger. I think she was one of the draftees. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, interesting, I thought, that uh, McCaskill still went number two. Oh, my God. I, I can't. I, t- Sky Blue, what are you doing? You need defenders. I guess they're just seeing like they can't pass up that talent, I guess is what they're thinking. Like, just. Let's bring in someone young that we can have around on the team for, you know, a number of years. And, you know, she can spell when, you know, some of these older players, if they get hurt or if they uh, have to miss time or or whatever. And I I can see the thought process in that, but I agree with you. Yeah, you need to fill those needs, especially when, again, we've talked about it several times now. These stacked teams are going up against them. You know, the chances of them dropping a lot of points is very slim. And the the way that you're going to drop points is not being able to defend against those teams scoring. So are you going to be winning shootouts a bunch? And Eric, I I feel bad because you're not saying much, but there's a couple other points I want to make. North Carolina had some steals in this dispersal draft. They got Julie King, who has played the most caps in Breakers history. They got Alicia Chapman. Canadian uh, midfielder, defender, forward. She can play anything that she wants. Those were their two picks, and they got some steals with them. I think Utah Royals got a steal with Abby Smith as their goalkeeper, which is a pretty interesting pick because FC Kansas City had Nicole Barnhart. And she was a pretty decent starter throughout the whole year. 
but she's not getting any younger. And I think it was a good idea for Utah to get the goalkeeper. I think, I think Laura Harvey knows that she got Abby Smith for a reason. And even like on their Twitters and stuff, whenever the dispersal draft was going on, they said, you know, like we got our number one. And I think that's, I think that's absolutely incredible because like I said, Nicole Barnhart's not getting any younger. I wouldn't be surprised if she retires. It just, it's a steal. And I think Seattle had a couple really good picks too. They got Morgan Andrew. She was another rookie last year that, um, that really kind of blew up, but was also under the radar. She was consistent. So you didn't hear her name much, but that's a good thing. They got a steal with Megan Oyster for uh, defense, and they got the rights to Lindsay Elston. And um, I thought it was interesting that the Chicago Red Stars picked up the rights to Whitney Ingen, and she has even hinted about maybe coming back to the NWSL, which would be really interesting. She took last year off just to kind of just take last year off. Yeah, I saw the tweet of her kind of like, ooh, I see those Red Stars picked me up or something like that, like just... Sort of, ah, maybe I'll come back. So, maybe they maybe they made a, a right choice. Speaking of Utah, though, they got a huge number one option to commit to them. And Amy Rodriguez, who missed all of last year with that torn ACL. Uh, so, she hopefully comes back fresh. She's still recovering from that. Uh, if she can come back to any kind of semblance of who we remember, that's a huge grab for Utah. And they also got one of the biggest uh, off the pitch. I guess it is still on the pitch because they wear the shirt. But off the pitch, they made a huge deal that really helps in the VSL. Is uh, It's almost worth $2 million, uh, the shirt sponsor uh, that they got, which is obviously tied in with Utah ownership. But still really cool for the league to get a shirt sponsor that's kind of that expensive. Yeah, it's big and they're jerseys their kits are clean I love them I need to cop me one but like go into the Amy Rodriguez thing that's why they're not too um sad about Sydney LaRue leaving because Amy Rodriguez plays almost the exact same position and she can do it she's a really really good forward and Erica Tomrak she's pretty good too I mean I think they're big I honestly think that FC Kansas City's biggest loss this offseason was Shea Groom going to the Sky Blue FC team. Well, several. Uh, that's that's going to be a. We'll see how that goes when the when these teams start playing, and something we have to certainly see because you know Vera Paul is a first time coach for the Dash, and she's making some really interesting signings. I mean, she is talk about being global. She is uh, picking them from all over the place, Uh, signing a 19-year-old midfielder, Linda Matalo from Bayana Bayana, uh, the the, uh, South Africa. She played with him on the Olympic team. It's, it's, of course, she was uh, the coach of the South African Olympic team, so, you know, she would know her well. And also signing uh, Michaela Hahn from... Cyprus and Allison Weatherington from Finland. I mean, <laughs> eclectic bunch there. Their dispersal draft, just everyone was thinking, Vera, what are you doing? She, with Rosie White, Julie King, Alicia Chapman, 
Morgan Andrews, Angela Salem, Adriana Leone, all on the board. She went and took the rights to Kaya Simon. Just an absolute head scratcher. And then they got Lada Ockvist. I guess she was a draftee. If she wasn't, I don't know, but she hasn't played in the NWSL before. And then they did okay with getting Sammy Joe Prudhomme. Her entire dispersal draft and just everything about what Vera did in is doing is just a total head scratcher. And you tr- and on top of that, you know, yeah, you get Christian Press coming in. But you're trading Carly Lloyd, too, which, I mean, granted, Carly Lloyd hasn't really been performing since, at her best, since 2015. But still, that's a pretty big name to lose. And losing Pollyanna today, that's that's certainly not going to help anyone's case. It Total head-scratching moves from Vera. I'm excited to see what happens, but I I don't know. I feel like this has train wreck written all over it. I feel like Vera really wants that finger on the button of this is my team. And it's one of those where you're going to really come off as a genius or you're going to come off looking way out of your depth really quick with all of these uh, signings, especially because you got to bring all of those personalities together from all those different countries and make them work on the pitch. And again, that's, that's an issue and you get down far enough. It's, it's only a a nine team league, but you still get down far enough in the standings. It's going to be a huge hole for you to come back out of. And, you know, Houston was already near the bottom last year. I guess you don't have great expectations coming into this year, but they obviously want to see improvement and, this is one of those where you just got to – you have to hope the ownership really trusts what's going on here. Uh, that's it for the NWSL moves. Uh, but, I mean, that was a lot to talk about in a short period of time, in, in about 17 minutes that we covered this. So who knows if they're going to – this is going to keep going. But, man, that that was a lot of NWSL and – We'll have to see if uh, they keep making moves. But with all the moves that haven't made, you have to wonder (laughs) who else could be going uh, somewhere. Uh, Let's uh, turn the attention to MLS here uh, just for a little bit before we get into Lawsuit 101 (laughs) here, which we have several that we haven't talked about, um, including one that just came down earlier today. But... The MLS has had some big signings go out and some big signings come in. The Kyle Aaron move is official. He finally moves to Besiktas after all the craziness with uh, would Orlando let him go because they have an official contract. Uh, he's 22 years old, goes to the Super League champs. And Orlando lawyered up. And they are ready to fight this, I guess, while Kyle Laren plays for another team. I don't know what they're looking for in return here, but... Eesh. I mean, at this point, if I can let it go, they should let it go. 
you you wanted him gone. It was a whole big deal. It was a lot of money on the table. You got a lot of replacement pieces. It the time is done. Don't look stupid now. Yeah, I mean he's uh, his transfer fee was two point three million. I feel like he would have gotten more had they would have let him gone during the season, but you know they chose. I mean, they really didn't choose this. It's the same thing they have with Fabian Castillo in Dallas, uh, with uh, another Turk with Trevon Spore coming in for him, and they kind of had to let that go because, you know, it was the same problem where the the signing had already been announced, and they had to deal with that. Uh, they did pick up uh, Oriol Rossell, who's like, you know, came in. Uh, he's played for Sporting Lisbon. He's played for other. Portuguese teams, and he played for Sporting Kansas City uh, earlier in his career, too, so he might be a good piece, but I guess this leaves the door open now for Don Dwyer. This is your team. Let's take it by the horns and do something. Yeah, I'm hoping that they can build the pieces, especially for the transition and into attack around him, but time will only tell. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. And what could be described as uh, voodoo happening between parent club and uh, son club or daughter club? I don't know. I don't know how you uh, sub, you know ascribe to that. But Jack Harrison moves from NYCFC to Manchester City, and then is loaned out to Middlesbrough for the rest of the season. Uh, you know. EPL clubs do this all the time. They sign guys and they hardly ever play for the shirt that they sign. They go and get loaned out a bunch of times. And he's got a deal to like 2021. But let's see if he actually ever plays uh, for the uh, Clarets there in uh, Manchester City. Jack Harrison certainly earned it. He's He's been really good for NYCFC. He's been one of their star players. I think it's cool for him to go to go back home, I guess. But it's it's a blow to NYCFC. Yeah, because in these expectations, especially with the parent club, you expect that loan or that transition so that way they can get big time for the big team and then come back and apply that for NYCFC. But all of a sudden it's like, nope. So everybody's just left wondering, oh, well, now what? Yeah, certainly, and... That's going to be, uh, I think he'll be fine for Middlesbrough. He'll get a chance to shine more there than he would in Manchester City, so I think that's it's good for him. Uh, can NYCFC replace him? That's another deal entirely, but they have time to figure that out. The uh, An earlier move is Toronto FC signing uh, Gregory Vander. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wheel uh, from Calgary. He signs with Tam, so you don't have to replace any of the DPs. So Javinko, Bradley, Alto don't have to change. 
any of what they were doing. He's 29. Uh, he's This is his fourth club in two years. He was with PSG. He was at Fenerbahce, and he was with Calgary uh, last season. Of course, he's been with the Netherlands uh, on their 2010 World Cup team as well. So nice get for Toronto FC. As if things weren't going well enough for Toronto FC as is. They're definitely looking to reload and defend. Uh, Certainly. I mean, just add another star if he can work out. Uh, Adding another star to that uh, piece of pretty big, just, or not just big, but just that cohesive unit that they have, you know, uh, going on there. They were able to get back to more. You still got Justin Morrow, still got Marky Delgado, Sorio. Victor Vasquez was great for them uh, last season. You still got to keep Ricketts. Uh, you added uh, Akinola as well. Just, man, that team just keeps getting better and better. And it's, it's if they're not right back at the top again of MLS, uh, something happened. A big injury or uh, something of that type. Uh, Sporting KC keeps bolstering their midfield. And uh, the biggest signing, I think, of this week, Felipe Gutierrez, uh, former national, or well, still a Chile national team player. He played for the Chile national team during the Copa America in which they won in 2015, uh, the 2014 World Cup. He's 27. Uh, He was on the squad for the Confederations Cup. Uh, So he's uh, obviously played a big-time international he was out of contract, and now he's uh, coming in for uh, to, to play in MLS, and that's pretty cool. Signed for at least through 2020. Yeah, I mean, God, it's a lot of big pluses, especially for a team like Kansas City. I mean... God, you expected them as much as they were able to successfully kind of park the bus last year that they're going to really be doing so this year. But I hope that they don't over-strengthen their midfield enough to where they kind of forget how to score completely. Yeah, because they haven't done a whole lot to that forward line. You still got Diego Rubio. I remember they lost uh, Latif Blessing in the expansion draft. And then, you you know, you have uh, Sonny Saeed that they brought in, Kyrie Shelton, and you still have Gerso. But I still don't feel like they're doing a whole lot uh, with that quite yet. But, again, you know, some the great thing about MLS is a lot of times you think that you understand what's happening with these teams going into the season – and then by midseason, you're going, who the heck was this guy? Who the heck is this guy? And uh, I guess that's the, the nice thing. You get a lot of diamonds in the rough that show up uh, on these teams. Uh, Elmer, Elric Fadir, talking about teams getting lo- or players getting loaned out. Eric Palmer Brown also goes to a Turkish team. Korchik in uh, the Belgian Jupiter League. And Rubio Robin, instead of going to MLS, which was the idea. I think at some points people thought he might come. He goes to Tijuana. Uh, he, uh, you know, several American players have gone through and played in Tijuana, and he joins that list. He's been injury plagued for the last, like, two or three years, so if he can finally get back to what he was, the 
in 2014 where he got that first cap. He was on that uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina roster uh, in that awful game that uh, I hope I never have to talk about again. (laughs) So, I I mean, I hope this works out for him. You know, we've seen a lot of American players play well in Mexico. Liga MAX strikes again. That's all I have to say. So the only only reason I'm bringing this up is because it allows Eric to say one of his favorite lines here. But and also because this is a team that prospectively could be in MLS next season if things go uh, their way. But Sacramento Republic have named their new head coach. Uh, they just named their new general manager, Todd Donovan, who had a career in MLS. But Simon Elliott, who's a Stanford alum, is now the head coach of Sacramento Republic. And guess who he played international soccer for? 69 caps. For Melbourne! I keep telling you, they're coming. They're coming strong. Hydro packages. (laughs) (laughs) He did play for the Galaxy Crew, Earthquakes, and Chivas USA, uh, as well as 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 well as Fulham. So he has a lot of experience with uh, American soccer and and knowing uh, the lay of the land here. So good for him. uh, Good for Sacramento. And yeah, keep the uh, mailman coming. They just keep taking over various uh, parts of, of U.S. soccer here. Soccer players by day, Amazon carriers by night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Wow. Oh, man. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, so a lot of controversy. I don't know if it's controversy, but a lot of... Uh, at least in the L.A. market, there seems to be this, like, vexing feeling about the LAFC signing a deal with YouTube TV to air their local games, which means that unless you live in L.A., you will not be able to watch their games. It would basically be like signing a deal with, you know, Fox Sportsnet or whatever, uh, so it's not really that much different. Uh, but YouTube TV, of course, is a streaming service you know, type of cable thing. It's not something you can get on cable. You have to pay $35 a month separately to get this, but they're going towards that younger market, and that's what the ownership group is trying to do. Of course, this also was done similarly by the Los Angeles Dodgers, and that didn't quite work out for them. There's a lot of people that are very angry at the fact that it never opened up to all of Los Angeles like they said it would. And people are worried that it will wind up the same way for YouTube TV. There's a chance that LAFC also gets onto a Spanish language network, which might make it easier for people to watch them that way. And, of course, if we you know, we have MLS Live, you can still watch, them, watch all their games that way with no problem. Uh, so that doesn't affect us or anything. But if you don't want to have an MLS Live account and you live in the area... Gonna have to pay that thirty-five dollars, I guess, if you want to watch them. Do you think this is a good idea to sign your team away to a service like this and not go with a more regular TV carrier? 
Personally, I think LAFC is very forward-thinking on this because they're looking at the issues with regular TV carriers and different cable and satellite services, and they see, okay, Alphabet's starting to rebuild and get things together. They're, while they're not backing into Google Fiber, they're putting much more effort into YouTube TV to compete with the likes of a Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, etc. And they know if they want to be around 5-10 years, cable, while it may be great, might not be the best thing. So I see where their heads are at. I'm going to wait a season to see how this really turns out because I think with YouTube TV being relatively new and them trying to get all the content that they can, you're going to want that first season to really kind of test the waters. Yeah, certainly. Uh, You know, they had a big presence of the Super Bowl, so they're certainly trying, but you know, you have to, you're competing with Sling and PSView and Hulu TV as well. So it's not like you're the only one in that market. You're you're competing in various uh, places there. You're competing with just the internet in general. Uh, so uh, th- this is a uh, an issue. They're getting 17 million over three years for the content rights and the jersey sponsorship, which I forgot to mention. That's also part of the thing. YouTube TV is their shirt sponsor. So. Do you think this could work, Rachel, or do you f- feel like you still have to be on like regular cable or on a regular TV package at this point? Oh, I'm the wrong person to ask that question to. I don't know anything about that, but I mean, the easier it is to get it accessible to the fans, the better. Good point uh, there. If if this becomes a problem for the LA fans to get access to the team. Uh, you might see a lot of outcries for this, and unless they find a way to circumvent, you could see people going back to the legal streaming, which isn't the way you want people to watch that because they have no way of measuring it. And that, that's a problem for the team. Just really quickly, I don't know that we really have to talk about it much, but two teams have been named for the USL Division Three FC Tucson, and... The weirdly named South Georgia Tormenta FC. Tormenta, I mean, which I, is uh, Thunderstorm in English. I mean, seriously. What arena or indoor football genius came up with that name for and a South, South Georgia, too. Like, you know, when I think of thunderstorms, I don't think about South Georgia. Well, I mean, they actually, a lot of people call Jacksonville South Georgia, so it's kind of close. But still, I hear that name and I think, oh, great, one of, like, maybe CIF or the AAL, maybe they got another team. I don't think soccer. Hell, I wouldn't even put that into the uh, indoor soccer league. That would be just beneath them. Yeah, it's it's certainly weird. Uh, obviously, they're trying to build a third division and hopefully fourth division so they can get some kind of pro-rail going on with USL in of itself so that U.S. soccer can kind of get a taste of what that is and perhaps it will influence other 
predominantly MLS to maybe think that that's okay down the line, but we'll see how that goes. The last thing to talk about here, with the national election happening in just mere days, more lawsuits are happening. NASL has now filed a civil lawsuit in New York County against 14 of 15 voting members of U.S. Soccer's Board of Directors and the Secretary General Dan Flynn. The people sued are Sunil Gulati, Carlos Cordero, who's one of the people running for president, Don Garver, our friend Don, Stephen Malik, who mm. used to be formerly of NASL and now in USL, uh, youth council members Jesse Harrell, Timothy Turney, a uh, bunch of Carlos Bocanegra, uh, Angela Hukles, uh Valerie Ackerman, Lisa Carnoy, and several others are being sued here. The NASL alleges that the board was motivated by conflicts of interest and economic considerations and breached their fiduciary duties to the NASL in handling of the sanctioning decision of deciding 9-1 to to not give NASL Division II sanctioning. This is just them trying to get injunctions so they can be Division II, which they've already lost this once and they're still waiting on appeal for another decision. You already have what every other team except for the Cosmos playing either in USL or the MPSL this season. I don't know. I feel like this is just the NSL grasping at straws. This is a league that absolutely refuses to die. At least the original NASL had some dignity and legit reasons why they went under an 82. This is just making no sense. Do you think they have a point? I I should go ahead and just make this uh, apparent, too, so we can go ahead and get all this in there. And then last week, I think right after we did the podcast, or like a, a day or two later, Hope Solo who's also running for U.S. soccer president, filed a complaint with the U.S. Olympic Committee against USSF, saying that they are in violation of USOC bylaws and provisions of the Stevens Act, which gives them the whole uh, antitrust and everything else. Meaning that, and we got to remember, the U.S. soccer is a USOC uh, governing body because their main job is to govern what happens with U.S. soccer and the Olympics and all that stuff. And you, then you find out that her attorney that's involved in this also has ties to Rocco Camiso. So that might be why this is even happening. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's a lot of lawsuits. It, plus, you got the whole thing with uh, Kingston Stockade and Miami FC going up to the quarter arbitration, trying to get pro-rel. You've got the original NASL lawsuit. I mean, that's a lot of stuff going against USSF <laughs> with elections happening in like three or four days. I... What, do you, what do you make of all this, Rachel? I mean, this is so weird that you're running for U.S. soccer president, Hope Solo, but we're going to go file a complaint. Well, 
I, I there's a in in celebration of the Wizard of Oz, there is this thing called a yellow brick road. And Hope Solo goes very, 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 very far away from said yellow brick road to get to Oz or USSF. Just she, she, there's never a dull moment with her, right? I mean, she has to make it interesting up until the last point. Eric, I mean, do you think any of this sticks at all? Like, no, 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 and hell no. The whole, just, why? And then all of a sudden, oh, God, does it, I swear, it's like we're becoming a laughing stock at really the worst possible time. Yeah, like, this is not the time. I guess nobody cares about making sure the U.S. gets that World Cup bid in 2026. Like, this is not the time to be doing all this. All oh, these yeah. little things the, make yeah, Morocco look great the, by comparison. Yeah, trying to make billions of dollars and get us back on a legitimate stage uh, in the world of soccer or pushing forward for future Olympic tournaments or even getting ready for World Cup qualification for 2022 or trying to get together anything even with the soon-to-be CONCACAF Nations League. No, no, let's just throw that out the window and let's be petty. Sweet Jesus. I mean, I can understand for Rocco's point. Like, he doesn't want to play in a league that has any kind of cahoots with MLS or U.S. soccer or whatever, and I can understand that point, but... Okay, so don't have a team. But he wants to have a team. He he wants the cosmos to be something. You can't have your cake and eat it too. This has happened before. <laughs> yeah, this is all that stuff happening on Saturday is going to be interesting. A lot of uh, you know, Rachel has thrown her hat in the ring for Kyle Martino. I still feel like I want Eric Winalda just because I want to see some change happen. I want to see some some shakeups going on in what we've seen in U.S. soccer lately, but I don't think Kyle Martillo would be a uh, bad choice either. Uh, just please don't be Kathy Carter. Just, just Anybody don't. but her. <laughs> and Opsella, honestly. I feel bad, Rachel. It's like, there could have been so many better women representatives. As a Julie Bowie. Come on, Julie. Make it happen, Julie, for the next run, I guess. As, But, yeah, we won't. We won't the next time we have a show, it will be after the election, so we'll know who the president is. I'm sure there will be lots of chatter about it. There will be pieces breaking down everything, and we'll get to talk about it. So maybe we will do make a return to Sunday just for that, uh, especially if there's some kind of shocking win that nobody expected. Uh, but until then, if you like what you heard here, you can always hit subscribe, Soccer to the Max. You get any time we make we have a show, it comes right into your feed, and all you got to do is press that download. You don't even have to download it. It downloads by itself, and then you can press that listen button whenever you'd like. Uh, you can also uh, subscribe uh, to the whole W2 network, which gets you... Uh, every podcast that we do here, including uh, the Football to the Max podcast that Eric and I do, uh, talking about the throwing ball, 
uh, not the kicking ball, even though they do kick the ball in that, that sport as well. And uh, the Super Bowl just happened, so we broke that down. And, you know, now it's in the off season officially. So, you know, congratulations to the Eagles fans on, on that one and Nick Foles and everybody else. And uh, sorry, Rachel, that the other team in Pennsylvania was was the team that won. But and we still have six Super Bowls. Very true. <laughs> very true. That's the most Pittsburgh thing to say in this in this case. I I can feel the same way as the Cowboys still have five. Eagles, congrats on your first one. And I guess it's cool that the NFC East is now the only. Uh, division in the NFL that every team has a Super Bowl, which y'all still cool. owe me a cheesesteak, Philadelphia. I saw the news. We made a deal. <laughs> yeah, leave it to Philadelphia to have big riots after a Super Bowl win. Wouldn't be uh, <laughs> anything like them if they didn't, I guess. Uh, go visit that WTNet.com where uh, Rachel posted her top five Super Bowl commercials. Uh, whether you agree with her or not, you know, let her know uh, what yours were. And and I'll have an angry rant on the breakers this week. Stay tuned, folks. Sweet, sweet. Always uh, look forward to uh, when Rachel gives us uh, awesome content because it's always great. And all right, until next week at some point, we'll see you guys later. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.